Welcome to Unscripted Pivots. I am your host, Danielle Sproles. Today, I would like to introduce you to Pam Scamardo. Pam is the founder and managing partner of TPK Properties, which is a privately held multifamily investment company that acquires, manages, and renovates medium to large-sized apartment buildings all along the West Coast. Pam is also the founder of Create Wealth Network, which is the number one free educational resource for high-quality education in commercial real estate investing. And she has an emphasis here on uplifting women leaders. Pam is passionate about teaching others how to become quote-unquote job optional through passive income. Shelly explains that thoroughly in her new book, which is called Create Wealth, how you can ditch the nine-to-five with multifamily investing. And oh, Pam has her own podcast too. Uh, Her podcast is called Multifamily Mondays. All of this, and it's worthy to note that this path is not even Pam's first career, and she's under 40. Yeah, go Pam. Let's listen in. Hey, Pam Scamardo, welcome to Unscripted Pivots. I'm so glad to see you here today, my friend. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Oh, you are exactly one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. When I think about women as successful as you and how they have pivoted in their career and in their personal life, inspiring. You have a lot of resilience, a lot of courage. And I loved you from day one. We met on crew. We were on a crew email and you were banging it out with all the lists and you were so proficient. I said, I have to know this woman. I absolutely have to know her. And it has been a pleasure every day since. Likewise, I feel the same about you. So I'm so glad I get to have fun here and just rock and roll. And that's what we're going to do. We're just going to have a lot of fun, which is our style and our friendship. All right. I want to bring you to earlier life. Okay. I know you very well, but I want you to share with everybody. I know that you're an only child and I want you to just touch upon that and what your childhood experience was and how it led you up to what you wanted to do initially as a career and how you pivoted later on in life. So bring me to 10-year-old Pam. Ooh, that's actually a good question. No one's really asked that. He stumped me for a bit there. I'm not here to stump you, but I want to do it differently. (laughs) Good, because that makes it more genuine and authentic. Yes because I'm so used to talking about the current Pam and the professional Pam right now. So let me just pause a second here for Pam at 10 years old. Well, okay, being an only child, what I like to describe to people is that we're fiercely independent, Mm. right? Because we didn't have any siblings. I might have had cats and dogs, love animals, found out early on that I'm allergic to cats after a while, but I still love them. Me too, me too. (laughs) Yeah, so we're fiercely independent and we usually have to problem solve things on our own. The biggest misconception, at least from my experience, people ask if I was so spoiled with material stuff and gosh, I can't I was, but I grew up poor. And so if anything, I was spoiled with as much love as possible from my parents, but had the basics, food, roof over my head and things like that. And so you kind of, I guess, 10-year-old Pam had to figure out things on our own of just like, hey, today I want to play with the neighbors. What are we going to play with? We didn't really Mm -hmm. have a lot of toys. So it was called playing with mud 
and sticks. And I mm-hmm. think it's a different generation as well now too. Just it is. I have it two is. kids now. And for me back then, I could just run to, across the street and we'd play for hours in the dirt. Not anymore. So I think a lot of that though, that experience really just helped shape my brain into what I do now. I'm, like I said, highly independent. I like to just run with it half the time, not fully having all things lined up because that's life, guys. Mm -hmm. And I just correct course as I go. So I find it interesting that you said that you grew up poor, right? And the reason I mention that is because we as a culture are always talking about poor or wealthy in terms of money. And that is so little of what makes us poor or rich. Or can we be rich in spirit, right? Mm -hmm. You referenced your parents and it was a good childhood and you're very close to your parents. You know, from what I understand, it's never an easy road. I've been there, done that with my own. They loved you, I'm sure, unconditionally, and you were their sole focus. How were they in terms of trying to get you to get a good education? Talk about your culture and what the push was, because I know that you went very far very early in your life. And was a lot of that by your design, or was it because of their encouragement and expectations, maybe? I wonder if it's all of the above, thinking out loud with Mm you. My dad finished with a college degree. My mom didn't. And so I feel like with the mix of that combination right there, education was always highly prioritized in the family. Mm -hmm. And so if anything dealt with education or higher education for that matter, I knew my parents would bust their butts to make ends happen so that I could go to the school that I wanted to go to. And I didn't realize that till many years later, as in recently, how much they sacrificed for me. Goodness gracious. I know. (laughs) Now you're a parent, right? And I don't think we can ever fully comprehend the sacrifices around that until we're walking the road. You're on the path and you can see what it entails to be a parent. And then I think also with the immigrant culture, meaning Mm -hmm. they were the first to come and then they had me in the United States. It was like the survival generation for them. Well, describe where did they come from? I don't think that everybody out there knows that. Okay. Well, they came here from Thailand with the American dream. Mm -hmm. And my dad had to give up his, like in Thailand, he was a well-respected teacher, professor, if you will, to come here to start from scratch, right? Because that language barrier, the cultural barrier on top of it, and paycheck to paycheck living was what I remember growing up with. My mom is very resourceful. And even though she didn't finish with a college degree, she had vocational skills. So meaning she would sew and found jobs with different clothing factories to do what she needed to do. And then she'd take work home as well. While my dad tried to find another job, but obviously he wasn't teaching in Thai anymore. So Mm -hmm. it was basically any job that would pay that was convenient enough for him so that he could take care of me. And so my parents took turns with different work shifts. My poor dad did more of like the swing shift. My mom Mm -hmm. did more of a traditional, like an eight to five kind of job. So that's what I witnessed growing up was a lot of their sacrifice to just make it possible for me to get better education, better living. And I hear a lot of determination in that story. And I would describe you as one determined woman. I would in a very positive way because we encounter obstacles all the time and you continue to persevere. And you're a leader. You're a leader in our community. And we'll get to that in a little bit. 
So your 10-year-old Pam, and now let's say you are 18-year-old Pam, what are you studying in college? Where did you go? And what were the dreams back then? Hmm. Oof, we're going deep today. I'm going to tell you a story back that just came to my mind about 10-year-old Pam, and it'll tie into why I do what I do today. You do you. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I'm just remembering that as well. Aside from observing how hard my parents worked, we lived in a lot of different apartments in LA back then. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who know me now, I'm an apartment syndicator. But I think this is why, is because oh. witness my parents being discriminated against because they were not born here or couldn't speak English or man, those security deposits that we would get, you know, just taken away and no one could speak up about that. And yes, dealing with also the slumlords of the area. So I think that was also something that probably like you touched on really just started forming in Pam's mind to be quite determined and to just go after something that would be perceived better more stable for my family. So fast forward to 18 and going to college. So I was always a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you describe a really smart person that likes books? I don't know. I don't think you're a nerd. <laughs> oh, I'm thankful I channeled a lot of my frustrations with how I observed the toughness of the world. Channeled that towards reading and towards studying and working harder in that aspect. So I turned a lot of my energy into academics, which turns out I really liked. And so that helped me a lot being valedictorian all the way through school. And then going to college, I was always, and I think, as I said earlier, I think my parents probably pushed that too. If you're an Asian out there and you have Asian parents that are similar to my parents, they're usually the joke is like the dragon mom, the dragon dad is just like an A is not good enough. Where's that plus sign? Or, <laughs> you have a 98. Where's the other two points? Exactly. <laughs> Don't leave those on the table. <laughs> exactly. Laugh about it now. And then, but back then it was like, come on. But it did serve us well. I'm not saying it's the right thing, but I really enjoyed the academic side. And so I remember telling my parents that, hey, I want to be an astronaut. That was the first thing. That's a wow moment. That really is a wow moment. I wanted to go in this space. I didn't care. I just, I want to be out there. That's just always Pam, that free spirit of like, I want to travel. I just want to be out there. Then turns out I'm really not that smart enough. (laughs) But compared to other geniuses, I felt like, wow, they are another level, which is super awesome. And then on top of that, to be an astronaut, you can't have these extra set of eyes on. Pam's <laughs> wearing glasses, just yeah. so everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm wearing glasses and then also their height, weight requirements and all this and that. So basically it's like, nice try. Perhaps maybe then you can work behind the scenes. And that's where I pivoted in mm-hmm. my thought process. And I thought, if I can't be an astronaut, let me build those things that we can fly in. So initially I wanted to work with rockets. Well, as I continued my career path, there was a lot of pushback from my parents. They didn't understand at that time what engineering was, let alone aerospace engineering. Most people don't, even if they're from the country. It's mind blowing. Yeah. It was a lot of the fear base. And then they were worried about me because I was a female in a very male dominated world at that time. And so I'm not proud of this, but the truth is I did lie. I said, don't worry, not doing aerospace engineering major as a freshman. I'll just do like computer engineering or electrical engineering or something just to satisfy them because that was big at that time. It was more versatile in their eyes. But I really lied. So by year three, (laughs) 
by year three, I felt so guilty and came crawling to them. And I said, parents, I'm so sorry. You're going to hate me. I feel really guilty. It's eating me up. But since you've already invested three years into my education, you might not want to start from scratch again, but I'm getting my aerospace degree and mechanical engineering. And then let me throw in one more. I'm getting a minor in management so you can feel proud. And they were so disappointed. I just remember like the... Disappointed. I mean, the average parent would just be like, hell to my child. Look how brilliant they are. But I love that you didn't let any of these things act as obstacles. You're not only a dreamer, Pam, you're a doer. And that's, (laughs) and that's, no, that's what differentiates you. So you graduate with a degree and you take a job, talk about your initial career out into the workforce. You're an I'm not even going to pronounce it correctly, like aeronautical engineer. <laughs> what were you? I'd have to go back to say <laughs> aeronautical, aerospace. Um, aeronautical is more for like airplanes within our atmosphere, aerospace. Okay. Hopefully, we can go into space, no. into the galaxy. Initially, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I wanted and beyond to for JPL, and I remember we all go through the process of applying for internships and jobs. JPL politely declined. So I thought, man, my dream job didn't happen. So I was in tears, really, as I've learned with life and in talking with you too, as we have our friends, is that sometimes things happen for a reason so that better opportunities come. Absolutely. That has proven to be true in my life time and time again. And I've seen it in friends like you, the doors close. And then we're like, wait a minute, have I been rejected? This is insulting. This isn't what I planned. And the universe just lovingly redirects us. And sometimes it's not until that door is slammed shut and there's no other recourse. And then off we go. And then we find out that we end up going exactly where we were meant to be. Exactly. And that's the beauty of the pivot, the unscripted pivots, which is what inspired me to even come up with this podcast because which I see so I much of it. about you <laughs> just trying to share all the stories. So yeah, that was like my, what, second pivot and just like mm-hmm. things didn't go as planned. And so... What happened was, I think I had sprained my ankle or had surgery on my ankle by then. And I was going to different career fairs in person. And Mm -hmm. I met my future boss from Lockheed Martin doing his, you know, recruiting on the spot. And what stood out to them was my broken ankle because I was in crutches. Oh, I love it. (laughs) You're hobbling. I was like, here's my resume. Like I'm biting onto my resume, like with crutches. I'm like, here you go. And, you know, we always tra- stand out, right? Differentiate yourself, even if it's on crutches. For self-purposely people. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like be noticed. You didn't do that on purpose. But the fact that you remember it and how it served you, I mean, you know. Well, I thought initially us back at, at that age range, any little thing, sometimes we're just so insecure that we don't want to go do it, right? I remember yeah. thinking so hard that I wasn't going to go to the career fair because my ankle, people are going to stare at me. And I thought, to hell with it. So what if they stare? I hope I get a job, a good job from that. So that's how I got my first job was through that and obviously have the credentials as well. And my future boss asked me, hey, do you know of Skunk Works? Do you want to work there? And I was like, no, of. I like nearly died on the spot. I'm like, you guys are the legends. And I kind of nerded out with him. And he's like, huh. So I just remember his <laughs> I come with the resume to the, a certain side and I was like, crap. I think he just thought I was crazy. Like, as I'm like hobbling away, I was like, oh, he probably put it in the crazy pile. (laughs) Obviously, that didn't happen. You want to stay in the crazy pile? No, I think that's good. You got to bring a little bit of flavor. Again, differentiate yourself. So you landed that opportunity. Yes. And it was one of the best times of my life working on so many fun projects that obviously I can't talk about, but 
to be a kid in a sense and to go and do what you are trained to do with the support of, I call them legends, supporting us of just like, hey, here's the knowledge. What tools do you need? How can we help you? And then have some fun money to play with as well. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. It was good. How many years did you stay in that job? As an engineer, I stayed about 10 years. Then that's when I did another pivot. So I worked for Dunkworks Mm -hmm. and went to Boeing and then made my way down to San Diego at that time. Well, now it's Raytheon. But at that time, it was known as other names. But right now, it's Raytheon down there. So you get to what is the end of the road for that for you emotionally. In other words, it wasn't serving you anymore. And there was something, mm-hmm. you know, that was falling short in your life in that aspect. And you thought, okay, how am I going to change it? And what else am I going to do? Tell me what that moment or day looked like, or even the season in your life, you know, when you knew that you had to say, okay, a change has to be made and how you've summoned the courage to actually redirect your purpose. Ooh, gosh. And it didn't happen all in one night, people. So that's the thing, right? That's a journey. But I started thinking about, I wanted a future with my family where I was around, if I had kids, to be there, to not have to be at work so early or stay so late that I missed their milestones or just can't pick them up on time. I started thinking about that. Then on top of that, my dad's health was declining very bad. He was hospitalized quite a bit of times. And I always remembered when I was younger, he would say, I can't wait till I retire. I'm going to travel around the world. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Unfortunately, that's the one thing that doesn't catch up with us, right? It's our health. Um, We can't predict that. And so that was another writing on the wall for me. And so I thought, you know what? I need to explore other avenues of retiring early. Back then, there were no acronyms or whatever we hear all the time. I just thought, you know what? There's got to be a better way of living. So when I was at Boeing up in Seattle area. I already was thinking about that with my season of life. I actually dabbled in nursing for quite a bit. That not oh, a lot. You did? Of <laughs> okay, that's news to me. <laughs> yeah, I got licensed in the state of Washington and realized that I can't do this for the rest of my life. So, to all of you healthcare professionals out there, I bow down to you because you guys are amazing and amen. Amazing, yeah, right? saving all of us. Because what happened to me was. When I did my hours, have to do certain hours and whatnot, or like job shadow, if you will. And I had a set time frame at this hospice, long-term care. Could not handle it, Danielle. Every day I'd come home and I'd cry my eyeballs out. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to be the worst nurse possible <laughs> before anything happens. Because I would just, it, I'm just so emotional about that. So that was a short stint that I learned really quickly of like, okay, it's not going to work. And then Let's- you realize that's not going to happen. And then... You know what I think is just so cool about your story, because I didn't even know about the nursing part, is that you continue to explore, okay? Mm -hmm. And now I know you more of an explorer in your travel adventures. We'll get to that in a little bit. But it just all ties in for me getting to know you that like, you know, you're in the pursuit of happiness. And it's not that you don't live in gratitude because you live in a lot of gratitude. I know you well, right? Mm -hmm. But when you recognize there can be more, you explore it and you go after it. That, that takes a lot of gumption. It really, really does get into that place. So here you are, you're a nurse for a hot minute. And, and then you say, no, no, this isn't it either. So how did we morph into what looks like today, Pam? I moved down to San Diego. So that was when it was like more like a hot mini second of a nurse. I was like, nope, 
even though I finished the hours and everything, I was like, nah, I'm, I started something when I finished that. Nope. Then I moved down to San Diego at that time as well, was trying to lick my broken heart, my wounds. So, you know, all of that, all of the above. And I thought, well, crap, how am I going to be able to be a better person or serve others? And that was when the real thought started happening. And I didn't realize yeah. that. You mm-hmm. mentioned I live in gratitude, but that was really when it began where I was like, oh, this is grown up Pam kind of trying to come out of, well, how can I better serve others instead of always thinking about me, 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 how much money can I make? What can I do that's fun? The pursuit of happiness, but truly happiness comes from serving others, in my opinion. I couldn't agree more. And that's at the core of who you are as a person. And as we talk about your career and the things that you do, I mean, you're evidence of this through and through. You really are. And I just have to put it out there that it just, I've never been so happy despite all the crap storm that goes on around us because guys, mm-hmm. life isn't perfect, but no, life is <laughs> is so happy and fulfilled. I just have more space and energy to deal with it all and then mm-hmm. just continue on with kindness sometimes and compassion sometimes too, because I'm not perfect. But to fast forward all of that, it all combined. And when I went to San Diego, I was already leading teams here and there. And then it was global on top of that. So if you could imagine Pam being in the eyes of my team or my team lead, she's single in a sense, like not married, no kids, Mm -hmm. no obligations. So she can go anywhere. So I was always stuck doing all of those. Oh, last minute fly to France. Last minute fly. Wait, but let's back it up. When you're leading teams in what? In what industry are we in? Oh, I'm still an engineer. So this is. Oh, okay. So you were an engineer, became a nurse and became an engineer again. Oh, the nurse was a side thing. It was a side. Oh, okay. It was a side gig because one career is not enough for Pam. Okay. I get it. And that remains true today. Okay. So I see. (laughs) Okay. This explains so much. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just when you thought you knew all of me, right? So, okay. So still an engineer. So I was managing teams in India, France, for example. So guys, imagine just the different time zones. And so the rest of the people on my team, they had families and other obligations. And so it always fell on me to like, oh, yeah, Pam can lead that call. So I'd have to freaking wake up really early to catch a certain time zone, stay and work a real full hour or eight hour day yeah, and stay late to catch the other time zone. It's fun and all when you're young and you're single, but you get sick of that after a while because you think about, well, hey, I want to travel on my own dime when I want to go. Yeah. So. That was another writing on the wall for me. So that's why I explained all of this is to bring it into the big picture that all of that was coming together. And I thought, oh, I kind of want to be in control of my own schedule when I'm young, not when I'm mm-hmm. my dad's age where health might not catch up. And I love to travel. So my wanderlust heart was coming to the surface. And then my entrepreneurial side was also bubbling up. I didn't know I had that all that time. And I just thought, you know what? Pam's a free spirit, apparently. She's not a nerd. She's a free spirit, darn it. <laughs> yes, that loves books. That's all. Okay, yeah. highly educated. And I love comic books too, by the mm-hmm. way. For those who like comic books, I can nerd out with that with you guys. <laughs> That's kind of cool. So how did you get into your current position? Because let me just say, okay, here you go. You're pivoting from engineering and, spoiler alert, she's in commercial real estate, right? You are the founder and president of TPK Properties. You're the founder of Create Wealth Network, which is the number one free educational resource for commercial real estate investing. You are newly an author of Create Wealth, How Can You Ditch the 9 to 5 Job with Multifamily Investing. You're a real estate director for the Cal State Fullerton Center for Real Estate, 
you're on the Forbes Council, and I'm sure this list goes on and on. Those are just the highlights, people, okay? Which now I understand why you did nursing on the side, which is a career, okay, for most, while you're being an aerospace engineer. All right. So how did you get into commercial real estate, my friend? I know it's going to tie back to the apartment living, okay? (laughs) So let's go there. Let's just go there. Spoiler alert, it does tie back. With all the little stories that I shared, I just thought, you know what? I'm no longer happy in corporate America. I yeah. wanted something different. So by that time, I was, what, 10 years into engineering. As much as I missed the technical bits, all the people that I worked with, because they're amazing people, I just had this urge to be free, if you will. Yeah. Just be in control of my time, my schedule, because I wanted to have kids eventually. Well, first find a husband that mm-hmm. could deal with me, and then... <laughs> Not deal with me in the bad sense, guys, but more of understand Pam's unique way of living and approaching things in life because we're all beautiful in our own way and we are all just different, right? So I mm-hmm. needed someone who can handle, you know, my life. Be a partner, you know, in what your mindset was. So with all of that in mind, I mm-hmm. thought, well, let's continue to explore. What can I do to retire early? Well, I used to go to Borders bookstores on the weekends mm-hmm. to read my junk magazines. I love catching up on celebrity gossip. What was your favorite? Were you watching? What was this like people magazine? What did you like? Once I flipped through all that with my intellectual reading, right? Then I'm like, now onto the real reading. So I would research the investment section. Back then it was a lot of stock stuff or like insurance, life term stuff that I did not understand, nor did I care about. I was like, oh my God, so boring. Yeah. Guys, stocks, mutual funds, all that stuff. I do not like at all because it's not tangible for Pam. Pam likes to be able to touch and be like, oh, this is a building. Yay. I understand it because I'm that boring, guys. So that's the journey. The first book I ever read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Rob Kiyosaki. Oh, okay. Mind blown. Mind blown. So I started yeah. thinking, okay, let's do this. Let's find a way to be creative. Every weekend, I dedicated time for that, whether I attended networking events or Real seminars and they have all those, you know, yeah, get togethers, learn the nuts and bolts. Yeah. I hate it to be quite honest because most people are always shocked when I say I am a true introvert. (laughs) Here we go. Because this is the truth, Danielle. After this, I'm done for the day. I want to talk to nobody. I want to curl up, watch TV. (laughs) When I learned that about you, we were probably about six or seven months into our friendship and I was absolutely shocked because people that encounter you will see the energy that you have. And not just physically, because that's definitely there and you don't, you know, you're very demonstrative, but you're loving, but it's just that you have so much like power that just like shines. Like it just, it's a magnet for other people to surround themselves. So what you exude does not match your introverted, like, you know, if you want to call it, it doesn't match that. Okay. But you have shared with me, no, I'm actually that kind of person, which just means that after doing sprint like that, and you do, you, you regularly put yourself out there. You need time to just de-stress. That's really what it is. It's just quiet time for Pam. Because it yes. takes. Because what I've learned with that definition is that it's just people are wired differently. It just takes a lot more energy for me to really put myself out there. It gets easier with time, guys, with practice. But you take the time to be restorative is what yes. I was thinking. That is. That's such an important message for everybody. And I think that women often neglect that part of the process that whether they're introverts or extroverts, you know, that you have to 
honor the boundaries that you put into place, right? So not only for others, make them understand that, but to honor them yourself and say, okay, you know what? I've hit my limit and I just need now time to restore and Mm -hmm. to reflect and to unwind and to give ourselves that grace because self-care is not selfish. It is not selfish. And I learned that from you. So thank you for helping me honor that because I used to feel so guilty, to be quite honest. I thought, oh gosh, people probably think I'm fake, but I'm not. This is all of Pam. It's just sometimes Pam needs to go recharge like a phone. The battery dies. That phone is still a workable phone that you like. It's just... Yes. And I think that's great because by you doing that, you're modeling behavior that's healthy for other people to adopt. Truly. Well, thank you for helping me also realize that to be unapologetic about it Mm -hmm. in in a very respectful way, right? In a kind way. So here you are, you're in Borders and you've got your books out because you're a free spirit nerd. We've already decided that. And you come across rich dad, poor dad, and your mind was blown. But then you also came across a very big pivot in your life. Tell us what you were reading and who then became your mentor. Ah, yes. I was going to say that's the next book. So I went back for more and I started looking into real estate books and I'm like, gosh, there's really nothing. But I found commercial real estate investing for dummies. Did it bother you that it said for dummies? Now there's a whole series on four dummies, right? Which out of the gate tells you, okay, I can learn this too, whether it's playing guitar or, you know, what I, everything, right? There was a whole series. So you thought, okay, I'll probably be able to digest this. I'm smart. Yeah. I have to say their marketing is amazing like the yellow and the black and it stood out like what is this book and I'm like yeah I am a dummy what the hell is commercial real estate I thought I understood what real estate was but the word commercial in front of it I really know intimidating clue. right yeah so I read that cover to cover turns out it's written by well the spoiler alert is that my former mentor Peter Harris wrote it with his other partner Peter Conti when I read the whole book cover to cover I was so excited by the parts that I knew Peter Harris wrote. It just stood out to me. I was like, oh my God, mm-hmm. this guy is like a scientist like me or something. We Just the way he talked or wrote it, I was already imagining as if we were sitting at a coffee shop and he was explaining things to me and I just absorbed it. So Pam being Pam, I was like, you know what? And this, guys, this is back then before social media was prominent, before Google can find anything and everything for you. Like, I'm going to stalk him pretty much. I was like, I'm going to ask him, like, will you please be my mentor? Because at that time, I've attended multiple seminars and things already. And I thought, you know what? There's a lot of gurus out there. But Peter Harris's style spoke to me the most. That's Mm -hmm. how it happened. So I reached out to him multiple times. So that's the other message for everyone out there is just if you try once, don't succeed. Try again if it's worth it for you. I mean, Absolutely. I called, left voicemails. I wrote him letters. I literally almost gave up until he called me back and I was playing cool at the time. But I knew. <laughs> <laughs> what did that phone call look like? So a series of like, no, 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 or just maybe even just silence, right? And the important part of that I just want to share with everybody is that we don't take that on personally because sometimes the impact doesn't match the intent. I'm sure that Peter never intended to hurt your feelings or make you feel that you are less important and not worthy of his time, right? But it might have that impact back then, but we have to just like dig deep and persevere. And if it's something that you really want and you believe is meant for you, and you really truly believe that meeting him and getting to know him was meant for you, you kept at it. So that whole like, no, there's no, no, there's not yet. Okay. That's the way I see it. It's just not yet. And so when it came he called you and you were cool as a cucumber. Come on, come on, tell me. I was playing it cool. 
But I'm just glad that we connected. And honestly, I was just so thankful for even to have 15 minutes of his time. But turns out I worked with him. He was very instrumental to me leaving my career as an engineer. He helped me with my first property. And then after that, our relationship evolved through time that we're more like partners now. Literally before the pandemic, we were bouncing deals with each other. That's fantastic. And, and oh my gosh, as a student who's now almost that he sees value in me, oh my gosh, that makes my heart like want to explode. And then full circle, as you already know this, Danielle, he wrote the forward to my book that was That's published right. here. So I was in tears. He didn't see the tears, but oh, <laughs> it's all of that makes me so happy that I'm thankful didn't give up on me. And I also didn't give up on trying and trying again when you just know. So that was a great message, Danielle. And that's what I love about you is that you're able to package all that up and say it so succinctly so people can understand and digest it. Okay. So law school was not a waste. All right. Because <laughs> for those who know, I don't practice law. That training alone and litigation, just trying to be succinct and effective and communication, right? So, but doing great. By the yeah. way, I did forget to tell you, I did think about going to law school at some point. So I took my LSATs. Of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> but I didn't even make it that far because at that time, my boyfriend was in law school mm-hmm. and I thought, hey, let me just tag along. And it was like his first year and he was doing torts or something. I sat in that class. I was like, never again. So no. thank you, attorneys out there and yourself too. Mm-hmm. Whatever y'all do, thank you. <laughs> there you go. So that's how I found Peter. And then from then on, just growing it slowly and took a pause when I wanted to because then I got married, had kids. And the years that I had my kids, I just paused. And mm-hmm. that was okay. And I learned to just really set aside that mom guilt or that Pam business side guilt of just it's okay. It's these precious moments that I won't get back with my kids or just certain other things. To me, my priority these days is my family, my kids. It always was. You were designing this even before they came onto this planet. Think about it. You were looking at your choices and your work ethic was matched with what your demands of the career, but the schedule was not. And you could foresee that this wasn't going to match up with what you wanted in life, right? So listen, you've been in control of this for a very long time and now you're kind of reaping the benefits per se, right? You, okay. I want to talk, we didn't even talk about the properties that you purchased. And I know this is a 40 minute podcast, so you can't really get too much into that. But what did it feel like when you began buying those properties? And all of a sudden, it was a reality. You took it from what you knew and what you were taught to actually doing it. What did that look like? Getting loans, showing up. Did you suffer any imposter syndrome? Oh my gosh. Did you have a series of rejections from the banks? I don't know. Who are you? Why should we be giving money to you? All of that, that, right? All of that. And like, how did you deal with that? And I don't mean on a per detail basis or whatnot, but what was it in you that enabled you just to get to the next place? You just give up. So I touch my toddler these days. It's the same way I describe to others. I see my toddler fall down. He just hops right back up. That's his butt sometimes. Sometimes he does. (laughs) And he goes back to running. It's that. So if you can take any inspiration from that, but guys, to put it out there, I suffered through that all, like meaning imposter syndrome and dealing with crippling fear as a first timer or as maybe a second timer. We all go through that, but at some point you need to make that small step forward. And like a bridge isn't built all in one day, right? So you just small steps. It takes a lot of faith. Let me ask you this. When did you first consider yourself a success? Never thought about that way. Well, you're asking some tough questions. You need to hide out longer. <laughs> Dig deep. 
like Sean T with his workouts. Let's see. I want to say maybe close to five years in where I felt mm-hmm. a little more comfortable with the jargon, the people, the what to ask for, the what to do. Because as you're well aware, every time we buy a property, because Danielle, you've been instrumental with some of my properties too and helping me close some deals. Title uh, insurance. Call me ladies if you want title insurance. <laughs> <laughs> title and escrow all day long, every state. <laughs> but just, there's a plug. <laughs> there's always a story with every property. So it's just at the end of the day, Danielle, like that summing up of the biggest nugget, the takeaway is just don't give up and really work with integrity because that's what helps you. It goes far and wide. Even though we say the industry is so big in real estate, but honestly, the cream of the crop rises. And at the end of the day, you play with the same players, right? And we all have different needs and wants. So Mm -hmm. be kind in everything that you do. And that's kind of always been my personal motto that became my business motto. So, yeah. So we're talking about mottos. What are some of your success habits? I travel a lot. I'm kidding. (laughs) It's true. But okay, there's three pillars. That's, I'm going to segue a little bit from the successful habits. But really, what I do is I align it to three things. If it doesn't help improve my family situation, meaning where I don't get to spend time with more children, I probably won't do it. The Mm -hmm. second thing is I love traveling. So if it will help me get there, I will do it. Third thing is I love serving my community, which is helping students and women get into this in any way that I can, like connecting people with one another. So that's, how I set up myself for success because everything else is considered noise to me. I know. And you're very good about that. I remember trying to have a meeting or like a conversation with you and it probably was crew related and it was like in our volunteer world, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that on Mondays. And I remember asking you, okay, well, why not? Like forever, like on Mondays. And you had earmarked that day for your multifamily. Oh, that's right. You're a podcaster too. Okay. The list goes on. I mean, okay. I want everybody to know that Pam was one of two people that really was instrumental in me wanting to do a podcast, not because she was speaking it up and suggesting that I do it per se, but I thought, oh, that's the coolest. I want to do that too. And I remember thinking that doesn't everybody want to do this? Oh, I can't do this. But the more I talk to people that don't do it and have no interest in it, I thought, oh no, I guess that's maybe unique to me. I think the teacher appears when the student's ready. And anytime that I, and it's not envy so much as admire somebody and what they're doing, I recognize that's a telltale sign that I want to do something along those lines and I should explore it because I see it. But maybe the person next to me doesn't see it because it's not meant for them. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's right. You told me you had a podcast and I'm like, what does that look like? I did. I said, would you be a co-host with me on a different one? Because you were doing multifamily Mondays, which I believe is so good. And I mean, let's just put it out there. You get on Mondays, I think it's like bi-monthly and You give away free advice and instruction on how people could do this. You give back to your community all day long in that space. You do the same thing for your, you know, your create, you know, C-R-E-A-T. Tell us about that. Yeah, the acronym is Commercial Real Estate Association for Training and Education. And go back to Nerd Pam, you know, Nerd Pam, but you're an educator. The word create, I was like, what can I, <laughs> truly guys, that was really what it was, the background. I was like, I, I love it. acronyms all day long. I, you know what, so I'll come up with words and I'll be like, wait, how can I make this into an acronym? Because that's really, that's how I passed the bar exam. I mean, when I would study for the bar, I had to literally, everything had to be an acronym, you know, and I didn't invent that way of studying, but it certainly serves me. And I'm still that way today. I don't know. Those little things tickle me. Oh, I'm that's, so impressed with, that's with, our creative side. with this. But yes, I've learned as we talk about like success 
and how people approach it is just for me, every time someone asks that, I'm always just, I don't have a blueprint or a straightforward answer. I just learned through time to follow my intuition, my heart, and to just treat people with kindness and not to say that I'm going to be a doormat. And I think that's another big misconception about us women out there, right? Yeah. Being nice doesn't mean you need to be a doormat. You can be smart about it. You can speak up for yourself. And I, I think you, you touched on it. Self-care is so important, which I learned it from you because I remember that you that <laughs> out and you're like, Pam. You're about Mm -hmm. to hit the E line and you're about to like explode or something. I'm like, you are right, my friend. Let me do something different about it. Well, I have a couple of years on you, Pam. So, you know what? I've been down a couple of roads you have yet to travel. I have visited those countries, if we want to call it that. And although everybody's experience is unique to themselves, people that have walked a certain path can just highlight and explain what somebody may encounter, which again, is like the point of this whole podcast, right? To talk to other women and find out, well, how did you deal with that? And sometimes when we say that, that doesn't have to do with the particular, like not everybody's going out to be an aerospace engineer, but what does it look like when you're 10 years in and you know it's not meant for you? Where do you get the fortitude and the courage to make that pivot? Okay. Because around that, it's like the disappointment. Is this, am I being a failure by not pursuing what I thought? Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Through that. At our core, if we trust that intuitive side, like of ourselves, we'll usually be honoring something that's the best intended course of action. But getting there, and but you talked about baby steps and allowing it to grow. And so you've been an explorer in many ways, going from being the aerospace engineer to a side gig with the nursing and saying, no, that's not for me, back to this aerospace. Now we're going to read some magazines and, oh, there comes the book. And then here you are, and you're just like kicking ass and taking names in the commercial real estate space. And people are hiring you to be a consultant or they're hiring you because they want to align with you in your projects, right? You actually invite people to invest and to learn what their opportunities can be. And they can find all of that in the show notes because I'll be linking how they can reach you and explore what they can do with you. And I back you 110%. And the minute I make a little bit of extra coin, I will be partnering with you on a multifamily investment for sure. Oh, thank you. Um, we're pretty partners, by the way. That's yeah, well, <laughs> we, we're there in so many ways already. I want to ask you, this is a funny question. If your life were a movie, what would the title be? Oof. I was talking about this with one of my good friends last weekend, and I'd been debating about sharing it. So perhaps this will be the first place that I share it publicly. Oh, listen up. (laughs) Listen up. Some non-celebrity gossip here, guys. (laughs) Just Pam being real. And just going with the flow and what her intuition tells her. Currently going through another season of life as a woman going through a divorce with two young kids. Mm. So to answer that for now, the movie line, because we were just joking about it, we <laughs> word or the phrase, hot mess, Pam. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to swim through all this with grace and poise. <laughs> okay. If you say hot mess, Pam, and my first thought was, that's pretty funny, but wait, there's no vowels. We can't make an acronym out of that. No. <laughs> that's my head right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You'll figure it out. And the most important part, I think that everybody should know is that when we ask for help, we're really doing ourselves a really great favor, not only for us, but for the people around that love you, that want to be there. And when you do things in community and you do it with a measure of connectivity, there's nothing. There is nothing that you can't endure or walk through with grace. Well said. Well said. Oh, gosh. You said just like my 
my former mother-in-law, who I still call my mom anyways, because she's an amazing human being. And she always tells me that this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And it's the truth. In all yeah. honesty, guys, what keeps me going is I spend 90% of my time these days volunteering, volunteering in my son's schools and also yeah. at Cal State Fullerton as they're at the center of real estate. And then kind and of- And those students up. love you. You say you're not a celebrity. <laughs> I've met some of those students. And I mean, they really, they have you on a pedestal, sister, and well-deserved. That's a lot. That's really what it is. You, no, you continue to give back. And I just, I celebrate your generous spirit. and. I just, you are already a success, but it is my pleasure as your friend and potential investment partner to watch you grow and just continue to contribute in a meaningful way to the world. Thank you. This is a great way to start off the year with you. I'm turning 40 guys, the big (laughs) 4-0, traveling in two weeks to Antarctica, which I've always wanted to go to. So why not? I might be going through another pivot in my career. Not sure. Just what I'm learning to do is just follow what I love and keep serving others in a very positive and meaningful way. So, okay. Well, if you have extra room with suitcase, I'm coming to Antarctica. All right. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I'll right. bring back one or two. How about that? All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. Thanks for stopping by today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and conversation. Check out the show notes to stay in touch with my guests. The community grows when we spread the word. Feel free to share this episode with a friend by text or on social media. And remember, you can tag me on Instagram at Danielle Sproles. Rating the show also helps give it some traction. I would appreciate a five-star review. And next time you experience that WTF moment, remember, we are women that flourish.